This is News Talk 980 CKNW. We had the phone lines open earlier today talking about uh, what priorities you think should be top of the list uh, under a new government in B.C. Some interesting calls to the program, some interesting answers. Uh, That is also the topic of Mike Smith's column today in the province. And Mike Smith joins us on the line now to talk a bit more about this. Mike, good morning to you. Hiya, Jill. So uh, ambitious and aggressive, I think, are the words you used to talk about the 100-day plan. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, John Horgan, the new premier, is uh, heading to Ottawa this week, and then following that, he's going to Washington, D.C. And uh, I haven't seen a formal itinerary on this trip yet, but I suspect he's leaving tomorrow, possibly. So in uh, when he is in Ottawa, he'll be meeting with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and several of his key cabinet ministers, and there's going to be talk about a lot of the sort of the early priorities of the government, and that includes uh, responding to the wildfire crisis here in B.C. Uh, they're looking for money for child care. Remember that the NDP promised $10 a day child care during the election. They want money from the federal government to help with that. There's a talk about transportation funding. So one thing that has sort of jumped up to the top of the to-do list here for the new government is replacing the Patello Bridge. Remember that Christy Clark's baby was replacing the congested Massey Tunnel with a new bridge. That project may be cancelled as the government shifts its focus instead to replacing the Patello Bridge. And one of the things the, uh, that Horgan's looking for in Ottawa is money for that. Uh, also talk of the uh, overdose crisis. They're looking for increased uh, assistance for the opioid uh, issues as well in Ottawa. Then it's on to Washington, D.C., where he's hoping to meet with uh, federal officials in, wa- in uh, Washington. you got the Canadian ambassador on board there, David Emerson, Canada's uh, soft, or B.C. Softwood uh, envoy, also on that trip, and he'll be making the case on um, uh, the B.C. Softwood dispute with the United States there. So this is a busy week for Horgan coming up as part of a bigger agenda of lots, lots going on with this new government, for sure. And what do you think the chances are? What if uh, he's not uh, successful in getting the money to fulfill many of the promises that he made in the campaign? Well, one of the things, I, I think you, you're probably going to do well with the federal government in, in getting some of these commitments because the feds had been on the record as supporting things like child care and trans, transportation uh, projects here in B.C. So that shouldn't be too big of a problem. But this is a government, I think, that's just looks a little nervous to me about everything they promised. They promised so much, and they promised to do it while balancing the budget at the same time. And when you talk to the government now about that balanced budget commitment, the response is always a little shaded about how we've got to take a look first at where we are financially with this government. The Liberals left a huge surplus, $2.8 billion surplus, which is massive, and an economy that's doing pretty well. We're about 5% unemployment in B.C. right now. You couldn't really get a better situation for a new government coming into power with that much money to play with and an economy doing well. But you still hear the new government say things like, well, we've got to take a look at how things are doing internally here, when you ask them if they're still going to balance the budget. ICBC is a mess. Did you see the report that came out that uh, Rob Shaw from the Vancouver Sun got a hold of? Yes. ICBC is a, is a disaster right now. And they are looking at massive rate increases in ICBC in order to keep the corporation solvent. They're losing money. 
the NDP promised during the election they would hold the line or try to try to keep a keep a, a tight line on ICBC rate increases. They've got a lot of problems over there. Now, does that mean the government then turns around and says, whoops, this is worse than we thought it was, maybe we can't balance the budget now? That's something I'm going to be looking for to see if they can deliver on all their promises, Jill, but also do it with keeping the books in, in the black. And is it the non not balancing, you think, that if they do find out they can't do it, is it that they would choose to not balance the budget or take a promise or two off the table? Well, um, perhaps it may be a combination of both. I mean, there, there may be a situation where the government is saying to a lot of the constituencies out there that are uh, looking for them to deliver on so many promises that they made. I remember at the swearing-in ceremony of the new government, when you looked around the audience that day, you could see people from labor, anti-poverty activists, organizations representing parents, students, uh, the disabled, all kinds of other different sort of economic sectors as well. They're all looking for the government now to stand and deliver on these promises. One of the things that Carol James, for example, the new finance minister, says frequently is that one of the big problems for this government, this new government, is managing expectations. Expectations have been set very high, and one of the challenges will be meeting them. And that, to me, is code that maybe some of the uh, promises won't be delivered exactly as described during the election, or they will be delayed. But there is still a bold agenda here with a lot going on in the the first hundred days, and I suspect it's going to be very busy and they're going to be delivering a lot. Uh, And what about something like the removal of bridge tolls? Do we have an idea of a timeline on when that could happen? It's a good question. I asked John Horgan that the other day, because, of course, they promised during the election to scrap the Portman and Golden Ears uh, bridge tolls, and I thought that that would have been one that the government could have done quickly. It would have been a dramatic sort of money right in people's pockets immediately. The government, the the NDP talked frequently during the election about uh, affordability of living in this region with such a high cost of living. They wanted to help people. Well, if you took those tolls off right away in the summertime when a lot of people are out traveling... Um, that would, I think, I think, been a, a very symbolic gesture from the government that they're they're doing that quickly. They're not doing it quickly. So I asked Horgan about that. He said, "Well, we have to take coordinated steps among uh, different government branches and ministries. Uh, the forest fire crisis right now is is taking precedence. So we're going to get to it. Um, they they still say they're going to remove those tolls." but it probably won't happen until the fall when you see a new budget from the government in, in September. So that one's not coming quickly, but they, likely this year. And uh, you've written as well about Site C, and we knew yep. uh, know that it's uh, going to go back to the BC Utilities Commission. Uh, you've written uh, today uh, also that don't, don't think that uh, he won't stop it. You know, when the NDP promised to review the Site C dam, I thought that Horgan really didn't have the jam to cancel that project. I mean, you've got 2,000 people working there. We've already spent almost $2 billion on the thing. They are spending $2 million a day on the Site C dam. So we've already made a huge commitment. There's been a bunch of land cleared out there. There's been a bunch of work already done, 2,000 people working do you really want, as a new premier, to have one of the first things that you do in your first 100 days in office is to fire 2,000 people? 
I didn't really think he would have the nerve to do that. But uh, speaking to people inside the government, there is a lot of pressure inside the NDP, and including in the, in the NDP caucus, for uh, people who feel, feel very strongly about that project and want to see it stop. Uh, George Heyman is the new environment minister, very outspoken critic of Site C Dam, of the Site C Dam over the years, and now he's the environment minister. So that to me was a signal that maybe people should. I think that the possibility of this thing being cancelled is perhaps more realistic than than maybe I thought. So we'll see on that, Jill. I, I still I'm still going to be surprised if he does cancel it because it's such a huge project and so many people working there. But I, I'm convinced. I'm come around to the thought now that maybe it's a more realistic than I thought earlier. And how about the strength between the NDP and the Greens? How strong is that bond? How how strong do you think, or, or what will put it to the test? Uh, it seems to be okay for now. Um, they've got a pretty firm deal that the Green Party will back them up on key confidence motions in the legislature. Uh, that will include a budget vote that happens in September. So I suspect the government no, will do fine with the Green Party here in the short term. It was interesting to see one of the other things that uh, Horgan mentioned to me in an interview I did with him the other day on this trip to Washington on setting out BC's case on the softwood lumber dispute with the United States. Remember that Christy Clark had called for retaliatory trade action against the United States by banning uh, U.S. thermal coal exports uh, going through British Columbia. Horgan says he has not been briefed on that. He thought it was just a stunt by Christy Clark during the election. It's not a priority of his. He's more interested in getting a negotiated settlement with the Americans. So the whole, the whole ban on co- uh, thermal coal from the uh, United States seems to be off the table. Interestingly, that brings us back to the Green Party, because on Twitter over the last couple of days, uh, Andrew Weaver, the leader of the Green Party, has been asked about that. Are you going along with this? I thought you wanted, you didn't want thermal coal going through B.C. Now Horgan seems to be backing away from it. Uh, Weaver turned around and turned that into an attack on the Liberals, saying, well, the Liberals never, they never banned thermal coal exports when they had a chance. They expanded coal exports, in fact, when they were in power. So he doesn't seem to be ter- taking the bait right now and turning against the NDP, at least in the short term, over issues like that. So I, that, to me, was an indication that the alliance is, is fairly steady here at the moment. All right, uh, Mike, we will leave it there and uh, see what unfolds in the coming days and weeks. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jill. All right, that is Mike Smith, uh, columnist at The Province. So you can read uh, more details and uh, Mike's look at the 100-day plan of Premier John Horgan. We'll take a short break. Stick with us here on News. Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.